fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to India's first and only free Masonic podcast, The Ashlers, a unique podcast that is hosted by Masons aiming to share information and the timeless wisdom around Freemasonry with the rest of the world, thus sharing the light of Masonry far and wide. As a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions shared by the hosts and participants on the Ashlers is solely their own and thus do not represent any official positions or proclamations of any Grand Lords thereof. Be assured that best efforts have been made to keep the conversations and presentations on the level for brethren and non-Masons alike. Hello and welcome folks to another episode of The Ashlers. Now you know that we are doing uh, a reading and a discussion on morals and dogma, the first chapter. We had a wonderful conversation with uh, Right Worshipful Brother Rampa and that conversation was so insightful but at the same time we have to also keep in mind uh, the length of the episode, right? So we made it into two parts. The first part was released a few weeks back. That is episode 19 of season 2. This is the continuation of that discussion. And we'll be picking up where we left off. So with that, here is season 2, episode 20. The wonderful discussion continues. So here goes. Take it away, Rinesh. As we were mentioning about the greater lights in Freemasonry, which is what we have tagged them as, we have obviously covered one of them, which is the volumes of sacred law. There are other two. They are the square and compasses. Now, I have been talking about this for quite some time, about what a square defines and what a compasses define. But I would like to listen it from listen from you, uh, Brother Rampa, on what exactly is a square and compass as per you? And why are they considered to be a greater light in Freemasonry? Oh, sorry, one of the other greater lights in Freemasonry. Ah, thank you, Brother Rinesh. Uh, Virtual Brother Rinesh. The square and compass, they are, let me, to the uh, best of my knowledge, what I have uh, so far been uh, experiencing or hearing about is, we have uh, the square and compass as, what do you call, the male and the female aspect of the creation. If you look at the Sri Chakra, which is uh, a very holy and a very sacred uh, uh, deity in, uh, in, in, in what we call as uh, a powerful deity of uh, Ma Parvati or uh, whatever uh, you may say. That Sri Chakra has got square and compass in the sense they are in the form of rectangles, I mean, in the form of triangles. So if you invert the square, it becomes like a, what do you call, a part of the triangle, right? And compass, when you have you, when you when you when you use the compass, that also becomes the 
the uh, unended portion of the triangle pointing up or pointing down so the square and compass is something which we have been taught as that we have to be straight forward so when you are straight forward you are at right angles right you are at right angle the square and what the square denote or what the square say by square conduct so we conduct ourselves fair and square the square gives us the insight as to why a person has to be truthful it is the truth in the person which is square and fair and the compass is nothing but the limits with which you can act yourself the compass limits you it only tries to give you that direction to say that man is limited the human being is limited he cannot go beyond a certain point whereas the almighty is unlimited he is not bound by the compass it is his creation of the compass and it is his creation which is the square he says by square conduct you are within the compass because the compass is giving you the insight into the right or the wrongs the limits are always defined by this compass you cannot take the position of the almighty so that is where the compass gives you the limitation and how do you attain or how do you go near to the almighty or the supreme by square conduct the square gives us an insight that you cannot at any point in time have a deviation it has to be within that limitation of that what do you call in the geometry that the square has got its own uh, properties i may not be able to uh, uh, explain the properties because i am not a, a good mathematician or a geometrician but then it has got its own proportions which make a person good or which make that those proportions and ratios if a person is able to fit into then he is supposed to be square so that square is the one which the working tools also in the second degree just gives us a glimpse as to what we should be doing when we are using it as a what do you call as a working tool i would only say from the uh, what do you call uh, ritual that hmm. by square conduct level steps and upright intentions we hope to ascend to those immortal mansions when all goodness emanates so but so what happens is the square conduct we are supposed to be in uh, conducting ourselves within the ratios and proportions of goodness and if you are not into the goodness then there is no question of you can ascend to those immortal mansions likewise compass gives us the limitation as to where we have to at a point in time draw a line and then look up to him and say i am here you are there help me out 
So this is what is my uh, opinion about, uh, or not an opinion, this is my understanding about the square and the compass. Wow. Nice, nice. This is absolutely nice. I think uh, we obviously have a lot to actually discuss and talk more on the thing, but rather than trying to do that, and as I said, this obviously gives us a food of thought to make sure that we talk about it more, understand more, and maybe uh, brethren who are listening, please use this opportunity and discuss among other members on what they understand about this. As uh, very Vashivad Rampa said, right? Like this is his understanding. Maybe your understanding is a bit different. If you feel there is something different about it, please do discuss among yourself. If you feel you would like to discuss with us, please do share those thoughts with us. It's always interesting to listen to these various attributes because those are the very, that's, that's how it actually makes us a whole amazingly good, but still incomplete picture. Uh, I think Shishir, you have something else which we want to talk about, right? I certainly do, Rinesh. And, um, you know, I, I like the point which you just brought up saying that brethren who are listening to us who may have, you know, some interesting point or maybe something which is quite different. Uh, I would I would encourage you to, you know, email us. In fact, you can email us at the Ashlers podcast at gmail.com. Uh, it will be there in the show notes as well. So feel free to write to us. And even if you're not a Mason, but you have a point of view or or something in this discussion that might have you know, ignited a thought in your mind, by all means, please do write to us. We would love to see what non-Masons also think about uh, these kind of things, right? It's good to get different perspectives from different vantage points to have a well-rounded, you know, uh, thought, a well-rounded way of thinking and seeing the world. Only then can you be empathetic to the other person, no matter whether they're happy or whether they are sad. And that in a way also makes you a better person, right? You're not dogmatic, but you're open-minded because you know every human is an individual with their own thoughts, their own points of view, and you respect them, right? Now, with that being said, we have spoken about quite a few things already, right? There have been squares and compasses and People who are not Masons must be thinking that how on earth are these things in my geometry box making sense in life? (laughs) Well, if you heard this, I'm sure it would have made some sense to you by now. However, all is not square and compasses in Masonry. There are many, many, many more aspects to it, including something to do with pillars. Now, uh, even in the Bible, for that matter, there's, uh, you know, King Solomon is quite the character in in the uh, bible as well and he's very famous for many things apart from one of those is also the temple that he was building and in his temple one of the very prominent features uh, that he uh, that has been touched upon is about two huge pillars now you might recall that even in general you know uh, conversation one might say so-and-so is a towering pillar of uh, maybe knowledge in physics or, you know, something to that effect. Why pillar? And why are Solomon's temples having two big pillars, right? Now, there are many ways to interpret this. But when it comes to Albert Pike and his book, he has certain nuances to it. So let me hand it off to Rinesh to elaborate on that from his end. 
and then we'll hand it over to brother rampa to give his amazing insights and uh, uh, before i also do that let me also just uh, call out this aspect i like the fact brother rampa that you're bringing in certain uh, you know uh, thoughts coming from the hindu mythology and that is something i don't think i have heard ever uh, in any freemasonic uh, you know podcast or literature at least what i've come across and considering that india has such a rich culture and hinduism is one of the huge religions in the country having that perspective really adds a different color to freemasonry in my in my opinion and i'm really happy you're bringing that in so thank you for that i i love this podcast already so yeah it is over to you for the pillars yeah thanks thanks a lot uh that two pillars which we are talking about right that is something which is very common among across every culture because those two pillars are literally like this two ends or rather it's kind of like a boundary and that's the same boundary which i was trying to draw parallels with what uh, brother rampap just mentioned about the compasses right where which kind of gives you that overall a uh, line or rather that the circle of life which you need to actually work through and that's those two pillars are exactly like that so in the bible obviously it is mentioned what those two pillars are one is boaz what the other is called jachin and very interestingly they actually have a meaning and i'm just taking it from the book uh, morals and dogma the word jachin in hebrew is written in a specific style and it's it's meant as a verbal noun he that strengthens and hence which is called firm stable and upright and the word boaz actually means strong strength uh, power so the whole the way it is written in hebrew itself is also very interesting so if if you are uh, please please do take a look at the book itself you will find that in that where it is actually mentioning about those things now when i was trying to talk make sense out of these two pillars right it kind of reminded me of the dwarpals which are there in uh, most of our temples at every and especially in the south indian temples you would have noticed the deity the the statue of the deity is right in the inside the garbhagraha or the sanctum sanctorum and right at the outside the main door right there will be two dwarpas two guardians who are going to take care of that uh taking a leap out of the hindu mythology which shishir was telling about uh jay and vijay were the two dwarpas who were guarding the the seven do- the doors of vishnu the uh, vaikuntham so those are the guys who are actually taking care of ensuring everything is in place this kind of draws a lot of parallel and i'm not saying it because it's there in mythology that might be the case why it came out but just imagine you have a door okay the door has obviously four sides right like obviously top bottom left and right what do we normally do if you see at anybody's door right like right on the top of the door what do you keep normally some people would keep some sort of a symbol Uh, whether it's a symbol of jesus or symbol of uh, or the name of allah written in arabic style or even uh, and, and i've seen people adding the panchmukhi hanuman's photo over there which kind of guides you directs you why because the other two sides right the left and right are being guided or directed or held by the door itself like that's how it happens now that's the way i used to understand those two pillars and if i go with the bible's uh, explanation of what those pillars are it's more symbolic in nature rather than doing anything but that symbolism or that symbol actually had a lot of things and i would like to ask uh, very much with rampa to actually add more value to it than just me blabbering about it being uh, two pillars like that thank you worship brother rinesh i was when i was reading this uh, six seven pages what we were supposed to be as we are discussing now 
you just mentioned about the two great pillars, which is having the Hebrew meaning, the way it has been put across and things like that. I just made a small note uh, as to how this should be or how uh, what this could be. Uh, I would just like to read out what I have just made a note on it. It say, I mean, it's my my personal uh, uh, mm-hmm. thinking and is my personal uh, conception of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The entry into the lodge with the two great pillars on either side is a reaffirmation of our upright refuge in the supreme being. Mm-hmm. Boas meaning refuge and chakin meaning upright. The entry here should not be restricted to the body entering entering physically. It is the soul, that spirit of life, which enters into between the two pillars. See, Boaz meaning refuge, Jakin meaning upright. If you are upright and seeking refuge, then only you can attain the supreme being. So these two great pillars are the gateway of you getting into the lodge and making your soul one with the higher soul or what I could call as the Paramatma. These two pillars have been described as having, uh, I mean, uh, they have been described as having two chapters, one of the celestial and terrestrial globe and things like that. What does exactly mean is these pillars having those two chapters the telestial globe and the celestial globe is that there is something which is above us and we are in this earth and there is something which is above us which is the abode of the supreme being so these two pillars reiterate the fact that it is not the end in itself there is something much more than what we are seeing. It is thus that there is some extraordinary power which is guiding us and which is directing us. It is just that these two pillars having the, uh, what do you call, the two terrestrial and celestial globes, giving us the meaning to a higher world. There is something which we have to go beyond and that is the one which is helping us to say and by describing what it is. Just because it is as two pillars standing stationary inside the lodge does not mean that they are just an ornament. No, it is not so. It is just that they are taking you, they are the gateway, taking you into the path of realizing oneself from this terrestrial globe to the celestial globe. So these two pillars have a significant bearing on the candidate or any Freemason for that matter to become a good man better by by transferring himself into the celestial aspects of the Supreme Being. So this is the first step of any Freemason to know that these two pillars are the gateway and once you enter into that gateway, there is no looking back. You are going to progress into the whole Masonic journey 
and attain what exactly has been brought out in our ritual book. So this is the first entry of any candidate or any Freemason who gets into a Masonic Lodge, which I would say a Masonic Lodge is always equated to a Masonic Temple. So when I say Lodge, in my mind, I get only the temple inside and not the paraphernalia that is outside the lodge. It is just the, when I say lodge, it means temple for me. And when I say temple, it is the lodge itself. So this is the reiteration by the two pillars that they are the entry points for any mason or any brethren to progress in pre-masonry. Over to you, brother Inch. Beautiful. Again, <laughs> Again, as I said, this is very profound because you are trying to obviously bring the aspect that those two pillars are also kind of your journey from one end to the other. I think uh, many of the brethren will be able to draw parallels that exactly what their journey is from going from first degree to the second degree. You get to learn more and more about the aspects of what is there in the lodge. Right. One of that very interesting aspect, which I would like Shishir to now talk about is a ladder. Now, why am I talking about the ladder is because that ladder also showcases that journey. So, Brother Shishir, can you please elaborate on that first? Thanks, Dinesh. Um, now, ladder, right? What is a ladder in essence? In its very basic sense, it's just a piece of pieces of wood or metal stuck together in a way to elevate you from the ground right you climb up you reach a higher uh, surface i'm sure all of us have seen how a ladder works that's let's not get into the obvious part of it but let's get into the uh, part which is beyond the obvious right i said it it makes you ascend from one from the ground to a higher surface in life i'm sure you would have heard this climbing or clambering for the corporate ladder well, corporate ladder, social ladder, social strata, what have you. At the end of the day, uh, there is something called Jacob's Ladder. Uh, <laughs> let me bring in a very quirky example here, okay? Uh, I was just joking about this before we, before we started recording. So I'm sure all of us are, all of us are familiar with Tom and Jerry cartoons. So there's one very specific cartoon where Tom dies and suddenly there's this escalator of sorts that you know opens up in front of his uh, so-called soul that uh, you know comes out of his body and then he climbs on that and then he sees it's just going up and up into the clouds, right? Stairway to heaven. Uh, one of my favorite songs, by the way, by Led Zeppelin. But again, just see how profound this whole simple concept of ladder is being used in just in a cartoon like Tom and Jerry, in in uh, in a cryptic song by a very famous band, to normal parlance of you know saying clambering for corporate ladder. Same way, even masonry <laughs> is not bereft of such, you know, euphemisms. So there is a ladder in Freemasonry also called Jacob's Ladder. And this thing also is found in the Bible, in fact. In fact, even in maritime, uh, you know, uh, uh, what to say, terminology, there is something called a Jacob's Ladder. Now, why am I going on onto this, right? You would have heard Brother Rampa say, uh, taking good men and making them better. What is the good man? It's the ground on which 
you know, the, the, which forms a base for a person joining masonry. We take them in on the good faith that this person is a good person. And then from there with Masonic teachings and ceremonies and whatnot, uh, they embark on a journey to become better. So in essence, they are climbing the Jacob's ladder from the base of being good people to being better people in society. How can one man affect an, an entire society? Just the way, like how the saying goes, right? An eye for an eye makes the world blind. Two people start fighting, break each other's eyes, then they fight with others, they make each other blind. And then all of a sudden, like a pyramid scheme, <laughs> everyone becomes blind. Started with two guys, or maybe one of them who hurt the other. In the same way, it can work in the other way in a positive fashion also, right? So it's all about elevating yourself, elevate your thought, elevate your actions for the greater good starts with you as an individual. One person thinks bad and he can ruin his house, his society. One person thinks good, he can better his house, better his society. And I think that is also the kind of direction. Well, obviously, well, what other direction can you take in this sense? But Albert has his own way of going about it, for which I'll now hand it over to Rinesh and Brother Rampa. Uh, Rinesh, maybe if you can add and then hand it over to Brother Rampa to elaborate further on this. Sure, 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 sure. And uh, when you're talking about the Jacob's Ladder, right, I think uh, it's also mentioned in the uh, in our uh, books as well. The, there are many rungs or there are many staves to this ladder. Uh, the principal ones which we concentrate upon, at least uh, in Freemasonry, is faith, hope and charity. And that is exactly what the entire aspect of Freemasonry is all about. We have been talking about faith for some time. Hope and charity we have obviously covered. Now, that these are the aspects which are there which are showcased to you. Now, many people obviously keep us asking, keep asking, what do you guys do inside the lodge, right? Or inside this Freemasonic meetings? Well, this is exactly what is happening. Like when a candidate joins in, he's kind of showcased these things. These are the symbols which are presented to him. Uh, and that's what he's able to understand. Why the symbol? And not just this, there are many other aspects to it. We obviously covered like the volumes of sacred law the square, the compasses, we are talking about Jacob's ladder, those ladders having staves. Similarly, there are many other aspects which are available. Uh, like for example, we have uh, the seven stars. We actually have seven stars which are showcased in one corner in, in, in a tracing board which we actually have. We are in, in that same tracing board, there are many other elements and I would like to obviously request listeners to actually go and search about it, see those things and understand what they are. But I would like to obviously ask Rampa if he has actually some other attributes which he could add about Jacob's Ladder, about the various furnitures and symbols which we have. And then we will finally ask uh, Very Worship with Rampa to talk about the three lesser lights. We obviously have duality in Freemasonry as well as in our life. So if we have three greater lights, we also have three lesser lights. I'd like you to ask, talk about the three lesser lights once you cover about uh, Jacob's Ladder, any other furnitures which you can think of and the symbolism of them, and finally, on that. Thank you, Worship Brother Rinesh. Uh, I'll just read out from the uh, uh, the tracing board of the first degree. It says, the figurative covering of Freemasons uh, Lodge is the celestial canopy of the heavens, and the way of Freemasons figurative ascent there too is by the assistance of a ladder called the Jacob's Ladder. The ladder has as many staves or rounds as comprise all moral virtues. 
but three are principal ones namely faith hope and charity this is the ladder which is the one we are going to take up for the betterment of our lives we have to go through the staves so that we acquire that kind of knowledge and qualities which will ultimately make us fit at least to climb one step in the ladder just because there's a ladder it is not easy or possible for everyone to climb that you should have some qualities for that a person a mason is supposed to be acquiring those qualities so that he can go up the ladder See, the ladder is not a showpiece it is something which everyone would like to climb but then are we eligible do we have the qualification to climb up that ladder we have to acquire so how do we do it by having faith by having hope and by doing charity these three are being termed as the most principal ones because without these three you cannot go up the ladder if you have if you don't have faith then you don't have faith in the ladder the faith is the first important as we earlier discussed the force which will take us up to the first step of the ladder you should have faith that this is a ladder and i can climb it so that faith is what has been most importantly recognized in freemasonry just because you have faith it doesn't mean that you have accomplished it you should have hope with this faith i hope to climb up the ladder and why i do a climb up the ladder because the faith is pushing me up the ladder so faith hope and what is charity charity is the one which is going to pull you up when i say charity charity need not be that of finance alone spending a time with a distressed brother helping in time of need moral support is all charity hope in immortality is that we are reborn soul does not perish of course i am transgressing here but then what i am trying to tell is charity is something which is not may not be visible may not be in terms of rupee ana paisa it can be of any nature so having faith in god having hope in immortality and charity to, to mankind he is the one which is which will make us eligible to climb up even the first step in the ladder because this ladder he is going straight up to the almighty himself it is not that it is going to stop at some point in time and then we look around and see what is happening no it is straight a passport or a straight way up to him when i say him is the absolute so the so this uh, uh ladder as has been uh, said by brother shishir that it has got so many uh, things that are there in the bible 
or in any other uh, uh, scripture i would only like to draw a small parallel from the garuda purana see the garuda purana is a uh, uh, not a ritual it is a book which is not read on all occasions it is read in the house where there has been a death and the soul is transmigrating from one place to the other or transmigrating from the earthly abode to the heavenly abode up the garuda purana states that the stages through which the soul passes either to dwell in heaven or hell maybe in my humble opinion is the jacob's ladder as per garuda purana the garuda purana also talks about the various stages the soul has to go and reach the yamaloka where the final decision is given by yama whether he will go back he'll go to hell or to go to heaven so these are the stages but then we are not talking about those things but we are talking about how to climb up the ladder so these three things faith hope and charity are the basic things that a person should have in him to at least acquire other moral virtues these are the basics the kindergarten of a man of a man to attain a phd or a greater degree or to go into the almighty himself so this is what is my uh, thinking of or my uh, idea of what a jacob's ladder is all about and faith in god hope in mortality and charity are the first things to even to take us one step into the ladder over to you brother english wow uh, again you ma- you are making me speechless you know that right brother rampa <laughs> because <laughs> likewise <laughs> this is <laughs> no this is actually interesting right like there are so many attributes which we have not yet covered considering when we actually talk about it right we obviously come with our understanding and as brother shishir had mentioned at the start of the episode that we have certain years of uh, experience in freemasonry but we also have certain years of experience which we come along with Uh, whether we are 30 years old 35 years old we have that kind of years of experience and that knowledge is what we bring you are able to bring all of those things like i never had actually thought about the garuda purana and trying to bring that aspect into this one but brilliant and this again listeners food for thought please make sure that you when you listen to these things spend that time when you are meditating when you are thinking or when you are actually spending not or rather not uh, putting in some time on instagram or on some social media think about this and that is your talking points in the next lodge meeting with that i would like to ask uh, finally i would like to ask brother rampa what about the three lesser lights what exactly does it mean and what are they the ceremony of initiation always goes on with the explanation of the lights the first question that a candidate is asked after his obligation is having been kept for a considerable time in a state of darkness what is what in your present situation is the predominant wish of your heart let me just uh, 
give my uh, thoughts on this i'll again read it having been kept for a considerable time in a state of darkness what in your present situation is the predominant wish of your heart why it is said as heart why not head heart that is where the whole life resides if i say my soul i don't point my finger to the head i point my finger to the heart that is where my soul rests resides and what does the soul want light soul itself is a powerful light but then when you keep it inside and not exposed what it yearns is for light so when the candidate is asked what is the predominant wish of your heart he says light why light because this is the one which is going to take you to places if i draw a parallel when the child is in the mother's womb it is covered with all darkness it is so dark that when the child comes out it is coming to this materialistic world and into light when i say light the physical light or the light that is present at that point in time so the light is the most important thing of anything to ward off darkness we want light and that is what is asked of the candidate i want he says what the predominant wish of the heart it's light the heart wishes it it is not the head the head can work without light but the heart cannot work without light that is the reason why it is taken as to the heart and then he goes on to say the worshipful master goes on to say the great lights which we have just discussed now he goes to say you are now enabled to discover the three lesser lights they are situated east south and west and are meant to represent the sun moon and the master of the lodge sun to rule the day moon to govern the night and the master to rule and direct his lodge i would just like to uh, read out on what i had made a small note on the sun and the moon after reading the albert pike it says one minute the lodge recognizes the element of male and female creation the sun being the male factor and the moon the female factor this is very important because without these two factors the question of generations to come is not going to happen so that is the aspect of the recognition of the male and the female aspects in this universe which is represented by the sun and the moon and the master to rule and direct his lodge why is the master considered as a lesser light he could have always been made as a greater light 
But then, master of the lodge is a lesser light because he is not perfect. As we know in the other degrees what we have been taught, perfection is not given to man, it is belongs to him. So, the master of the lodge also represents, is a humble representative of King Solomon. King Solomon was wise, he had the wisdom, he had everything, but then the limitation was he was a human being. So that means he being a human being is attributed as a lesser light. Why is he considered as a lesser light? Because he was wiser than others, than the regular people or the less wise and he had a place in society which made him special. That is the very reason that the master of the lodge is there to rule and direct because it is felt that he is wiser than the others and he has got that wisdom and that power and force to direct and rule his lodge. One has to rule means he has to be powerful. One has to direct means he has to be wise. So that is the reason why the master is treated as a lesser light. Not the other officers, the wardens or the uh, other officers. The master is treated as the lesser light because he is the one who is going to carry the greater light to the people under his direction. If you look at the charge that is given to the wardens in the time of installation, he says the master has placed you so that you can spread light or whatever uh, the, the direction the master gives. So that means the master is the one who carries that greater light to the brethren so that he can be a role model for the other brethren to look up to say, yes, this is my master who has got that kind of a quality which I should imitate and also go into that particular seat. That seat of excellence of the master is the lesser light. The sun and the moon, yes, they are to be there because we are going to derive a lot of qualities and imbibe the qualities of sun and the moon so that we represent the Almighty who is the biggest light or the greatest light. This lesser light in a Freemasonry is given to the members or the brethren as a master because he is the one who is going to direct. The master derives his light from the sun and the moon and the sun and the moon derive the light from the greatest light which is the almighty. Master being a representative of all these people he is made to sit on that chair to rule, direct, so that the virtues are passed on from him to the other brethren and we achieve the very aspect of being better men over a period of time. So that is the importance of these lesser lights. They, If you look at moon, it gives light. If you look at sun, it gives light. But then, at the night, the moon makes your the whole night pleasant with its 
very calm serene light sun gives you that energy to work and give you that sort of a power that after the day is exhausted the moon soothes you it is just like laying upon the lap of your mother after days hard days work where you feel the whole world is complete and the master has been given this position so that he can be a well-wisher a guide a friend and a benefactor to all the brethren who are under him so that is the reason that lesser light has been brought into freemasonry they could have brought something else also but then they did not bring anything else because sun gives you the power moon gives you the soothing uh, effect and the master combines all this so that he can give his brethren the comfort the goodness and the direction to take from one point to another point so that the brethren are in unanimity and they have that kind of a solace that yes these are the lights which i should look upon and the, these lesser lights guide us to the greater lights this is my 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 uh, little take on what the lesser lights are maybe i am subject to correction thank you brother vinesh uh, and brother shishir thanks thanks a lot brother rampa because you know this kind of thing makes you think that i always used to wonder what is this whole greater and lesser concept like i am able to relate with the lesser lights right now because obviously they are right in front of me like the sun governing the day the moon governing the night master of the lodge and that is fathomable then comes your three greater lights which is your volume of sacred law your square and compass and that's your journey right from that lesser lights to going all the way to the greater lights and saying that okay that volume of sacred law tells me what needs to be done how it needs to be done the square helps me to make sure that my conducts are correct and same with everybody compass defines that thing it's easier to write those words but much difficult to follow them and that is why that journey is what we are all into This this has been absolutely interesting, Brother Rampa. Shishir, what do you think? I would like to sum up the experience of this entire recording today as being rather profound. You know, folks, my personal belief is that in life, it is the simple things that usually are the most deceptive. And I let me clarify what I mean to say by that. You know, something complicated. will obviously you know make you feel that oh this is too complicated so let me not probably get into it but when something is simple and you start looking into it and then it starts to unravel and reveal itself the the you know the the level of complexity and depth that it hides in front of a simple uh, explanation or a simple facade that is what really enriches life and i think with brother rampar today this book all of a sudden although it was seeming so complicated but when we broke it down and you know that's typically what we also do in life right a huge problem and broken into chunks is manageable so that's the approach we took and even in these few topics again breaking it into chunks making it simple and then delving deep into it uh bringing in aspects uh, that i'm sure most of the listeners would not have even heard of or thought of in other platforms whatsoever i think that is the aspect that brings this entire effort together so 
I'm trying to summarize the whole thing because I'm sure, you know, we have delved deep enough in most of these topics, so I won't go into them individually. But overall, amazing, amazing time. And I kind of feel that, yes, I can confidently tell someone that, yes, there are certain aspects of morals and dogma that I now clearly understand and it's worth the reading time, the worth the dedication for that. So with that, I'll hand it back to Rinesh, uh, maybe to sort of bring this to a well-rounded, uh, you know, point. So, yeah, <laughs> well-rounded point, by the way. Yeah, Rinesh, <laughs> over to you. It's all contradictions, thanks, thanks. it seems. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank, thanks, Rishi, for this. Uh, listeners, please, by any chance, don't think this is the end. Because as we have been talking about, this book is obviously very interesting. The chapter itself is... We are on a journey and that journey is not going to end just by a couple of episodes about this chapter. Please do mind. We are trying our best to make sure that we are bringing these attributes in a very concise manner. As I said, our idea is not to spoon feed the information. Our idea is to give you that snippet so that you are excited about reading this book, reading this chapter and understanding and learning more. But I can obviously understand it's not always easy. Many of the folks who have been interacting, right? They come up and say that they have never read a book for a very long, long time. Maximum they would have done is read an article in a newspaper. Uh, They obviously prefer the visual aspect of it. But in spite of that, if you are able to take home something from what you have been listening through us, that's I think is, is, is a game which we have played well. And with that, I would like to ask uh, Brother Rampa to please give his concluding remarks. And uh, uh, that's it. Over to you, Brother Rampa. (laughs) Thank you, Brother Rinesh. Uh, I would only say that uh, it was a very interesting uh, topic. And uh, in fact, uh, thank you for giving me an opportunity to be with you to discuss certain aspects of Freemasonry which, of course, I've been learning, 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 and then I, I don't think that uh, the, the end has come for the learning. It is still on, we are still in the uh, kindergarten stage, uh, trying to understand what exactly it is, how exactly it is, what was, what I thought yesterday in Freemasonry may not be the same thing today because a newer meaning would have come into certain aspects of Freemasonry. And when we hmm. are practicing it on a day-to-day basis, it really gives us uh, some sort of a, what do you call, um, you, it, it, it opens up like a big ocean and right in front of you and you really don't know what exactly it is all about. Unless otherwise you try and test the waters and say, yes, I am now able to at least lay my feet into the water to go forward or to swim forward. So that is all about masonry, where, where you are really, really, really given that sort of a independence to analyze, think, and come to some conclusion, which may be correct or not. That is a different uh, question altogether. But you come to a conclusion, and that conclusion, when you talk to somebody, may get corrected or may get accepted. So there is no question of saying that he is wronged, I have wronged, he has wronged. No, it is just that you have thought of something that is getting corrected because the higher knowledge is being imparted to you. So that is all Freemasonry, what I have been uh, experiencing all these years. And before uh, I could uh, formally say uh, thank you, I would only like to say these things, which I made a note uh, when we were preparing for this talk. 
wisdom power and harmony can be more explained as with wisdom we get power and when combined with the former two we have harmony this is law of nature this of course i have taken it from the book what you shared and mm. the absence of any of them is confusion beautiful beautiful thank thank you very much uh, very much shubhadrama prasad for this insight uh, this has definitely made me go back and read that same portion once again uh, with that i would ask uh, shishir to do the official closing great thank you so much brother rampa once again from my side and uh, thanks again ranesh as usual being an amazing co-host uh, folks thank you. Thank you. like <laughs> like we said this won't be the end just like learning never ends right you learn something and you go so deep into that you realize by the end of it that you still don't know anything and there's a lot more to learn and that is the joy of learning so this was one little attempt for us to not only push ourselves to you know get to know a, a legendary book from a legendary author but to also share the joy of going down that path with the rest of our you know wonderful audience and appreciate something it, it literally is part of our masonic history also right so it, it literally is one of those things that i would encourage every mason at least to embark at some point in time so with that folks we come to end uh, to, you know towards the end of this uh, another episode and i hope you look forward to more such uh, you know episodes from our side as we always say we love to hear from you uh, mm-hmm. those of us who are on who are connected to us on whatsapp feel free to you know uh, let us know what do you think uh, if there are words of encouragement please by all means let us know it motivates us further if there are words of improvement believe me we want to hear more of that as well because yes. you know we can always improve and improve and improve again there's no end to that either and if we can make things better to make your listening experience more enjoyable then we are all for it uh, that's what life is all about right you keep on improving so with that folks thank you so much take care of yourselves goodbye this is shishir signing off this is ranesh we'll be back soon to complete this chapter thank you brethren for the opportunity thank you very much thank you brother rampa and that's a wrap we thank you for your time and hope that we have been able to present to you the true light of masonry in yet another way please continue to watch out for more episodes from the ashlers by subscribing to our channel on most of the popular podcasting platforms links are in the show notes and also feel free to email us at the ashlers podcast at gmail.com your encouragement is what keeps us motivated above all as proud hosts of india's first and only free masonic podcast we wish you all the very best and until next time the ashlers signing off